Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. family and happy new year yes i am i am sitting here with one of the three men in the world who has ever taken a bladder hose and jammed it down an anthill to suck up ants to eat and gain protein during a through hike uh <laughs> survival of the fittest guys carl what's up that's actually strangely appropriate because my college mascot was an anteater Oh, we went to UCF. Yeah, that's right. University of California. As, Irvine. as so, did I. I went there for a couple of years. Yeah. 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 And with me today is Derek yeah. Somerville, a man who believes that experience is a wonderful thing because it enables you to recognize your mistakes when you make them over and over again. <laughs> ah, the clever, the cleverness of that yes. is just overwhelming. Well, we've got, yeah. And obviously, speaking of experience, we're going to be talking about your experience and your wisdom today. With some mm. various, a variety of topics, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. So we definitely will. I'm actually kind of excited today because I'm not sick anymore, and... You sound clear. Yeah. Well, you I was I was sounding clear last time. I just had the flu, and as I was going back and editing the episode from last time, there were some things I said that I was like, I don't know if that was really rational or if it made much sense so hopefully i'll do but that's normal for you i think that the listeners are used to that we did have uh, a little addition to one of the episodes i don't think we ever mentioned it not you know we added a part of an old episode i think at the end of one of the new episodes i don't know how that happened oh uh, are you talking about an editing flaw from a couple episodes back a rare i'm gonna say rare editing flaw you do you do a pretty darn good job so we're gonna let that one slide it's a new year thank you with a new beginning yep and we have a forgiving fan base luckily for you so that's true well i'll say that yeah just kind of a bonus they got like some bonus footage there i guess for a little while exactly more for your bang for your buck right? right so a couple tidbits today and um tidbit me yeah just i got a shout out to andrew n who just out of the blue contacted us and just decided Mm -hmm. he wanted to support our podcast and thought yeah he just he just wanted to make sure we could i guess keep our podcast going and just kind of out of the blue and um he just reached out to us like unsolicited and that was just super awesome so thank you andrew we really appreciate that that was really cool major bonus and it definitely helps the podcast keep going for sure so then, okay, this is kind of a random tidbit, but, you know, we were just, like, we're during the holiday season, and we were watching some holiday movies, and I came across a holiday movie mm. where the villains in the movie were 
Park Rangers. Really? What movie? What was that? Yeah. What is that? Can you name the movie? Oh, it's like a classic gosh. Christmas movie. Now I'm all. It's, there's too much pressure in this I, moment. I can't. I can't. I know. What is okay. it? Okay. It's Elf. Uh, the Are you talking about the park scene where they're? Oh, at the very oh, end, right. they're like the park the rangers horses. have controversial tactics, and yeah, yeah they're on horses and right. they're trying to get Santa. I like. actually just watched that. Yeah, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I just thought I'm not the only one that that had that park ranger view at times. So you're saying you're you and Santa have like mindedness when it comes to park rangers? I think that I think we've wow. got some similarities going on there. So I I just thought it was kind of nice. funny. Anyway. Um, at the end of the episode today, we've got an MP3 from one of our own, actually, mm. from Knowlton. He, he had, a, he had a, um, some feedback about, of course, the, uh, the backpacking and bylaws episode, which is apparently our most controversial episode, so yeah. we'll get to that as well. A lot of, a lot of heat. I okay. like it. I like it. It's good. Yeah. All right, so today's Bible verse, Proverbs eleven fourteen: Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors... There is safety. So are you, Derek, going to be a counselor for us all today as we approach some age-old backpacking questions? I'm going to try. I feel like I am your pseudo-life coach as it is, so <laughs> I feel like this should be second nature. But we'll see. Okay. I know you like okay. to be wily and creative with your little creepy questions. So uh, Creepy? Let's, let's have some fun. Yeah. Okay. So when we think of like age-old questions... I guess we think of like, you know, is it the chicken or the egg that came first? Stuff like that. <laughs> That's what you think of. That's not okay. Well, what's what's an age old question that you think of? You, you know, I think, do I sit down or stand up when I go pee? Like, what do I, you know, that's a question <laughs> I've had um, many times. You know, what, what do I do? Um, so, what, like, what is love? Like, what's the definition of love? I was thinking, like, along those lines, you're going to the bathroom. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just a more of an everyday man, you know, Carl. It's, uh, some yeah, of us have likes- to, you know, some of us have to just get through life one <laughs> pant leg at a time, you know. I thought, you know, are there age old backpacking questions that people are still pondering and don't really have an answer for? And if so, does Derek have an answer? Or I guess, do I have an answer for some of these questions? So, I got an answer. We're not going to talk yeah. about we're not going to talk about the chicken or the egg or you sitting or standing for going to the bad. bathroom. But we've got it's some other bad. stuff. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I have one about going to the bathroom at all because I feel like we have hammered that topic. I'm shocked. I'm actually okay. shocked. Well, I'm going to start you off but with an easy one. Okay. Light on me. All right. First one is a bladder really worth bringing in addition to a water bottle? See, I was going to say you didn't. You did think of a toilet question because bladder is your yeah. first question. Okay. Um, it relates, I guess. Is it necessary? Uh, I guess that all depends on the person again. A lot of these will depend on the person. Um, yeah, but we're looking for I, your wisdom. You're the counselor here. Like the, I am says. a counselor of life, a life counselor. Look, if you want a lighter backpack, you're going to take out your bladder, bottom okay. line. Uh, I've done the trip without the bladder. I've done the many trips with the bladder. I think overall, I kind of prefer a bladder just because uh, I prefer the bladder with one bottle. And I say I say this because um, as I'm hiking, it's nice to just grab that little mouthpiece hose and just suck it down rather than like fumble around behind me and grab the bottle and right. blah, 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 blah. 
So it's more convenient. So, I mean, I think if you're looking for convenience, put the bladder in if you don't care about that. Um, or if you're just like, I hate the bladder. I've gotten things wet in my pack before, which has happened to me as well with the Camelback. Right. Um, then don't do the bladder. But make sure you pack, I want to say, appropriate-sized water bottles. You know what I mean? Is that That's pretty general, I know. So, And, you know, we all know Carl hates the Nalgene bottles. So that's right. why I bring a Nalgene bottle. Or a sports bottle. I usually bring a right. sports bottle. So just something to wet your whistle, but make sure you get enough. And I'll say this too, Carl. The year that I did bring no bladder and two water bottles, I don't even remember this, but I wasn't mentally like, you know, my mind wasn't used to that. So there was two times where we had stopped. And for whatever reason, I like left the cap of the bottle somewhere mm. and i went back i remember and went back and got it but okay i'm like wow that could be for sure maybe get a sports bottle with an attached cap i don't know okay so i think yeah so so i think my role when i'm posing the question is then to simply come up with alternative thought processes or maybe just simply yeah. shoot down what you had to say so <laughs> I think you'll choose the last. <laughs> I was trying to say it honorably, but I just, that's just really what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> just unload. Here we go. Yeah, I think. Well, he, I think that we're trending towards going away from water bladders, and I think that. Um, well, let me just back up. Actually, when you say like that, I hate the Nalgene bottles. I think that 90 percent of the backpacking community is with me on that one. And uh, where are you getting those numbers? By the way, I just I made it. Know. Up. I just made it. Up. Okay, I'm just 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 a very. I'm predicting. But, <laughs> but Carl likes to predict. As you mentioned, there's other water bottles that people can can use, and not all of them have caps because they've got some different bite valves and things that you know that are that are Camelback like, so to speak. But mm. if you look at where a lot of the gear's going, even like running packs are starting to put these you know water bottle sleeves on the shoulder straps. And I think one of the biggest issues with the water bladders, you mentioned that the leakage issue. Um, mm, th- there is yeah. a convenience issue, which I, I like, but you don't know how much water is left. You have left. Yeah. And That's so if true. you're trying to portion it out or do I filter here, do I filter later? You got to pull your pack off and mm. look and see, or at times maybe you think you've got more than you do and then you like suck it dry and now you're, you're out. You're kind of stuck. You're up a creek, so, so to speak. So I'm going to say that my, my, my wisdom is, is going to predict that we're moving away from a bladder-based backpacking setup. Mm, mm. Well, being somebody, you know, as you are, who likes to take their pack off a lot at every break, you know, that checking your bladder, you know, full fullness shouldn't be a big deal because you're already taking your pack <laughs> off. But for people like me and others who keep it on, right, I can see the problem there. So you do bring up a good point. So, yeah, so you're saying I... That for me, it's easy because I, I take lots of breaks. For you, the bladder makes sense because you take your pack <laughs> up all the time. For, for us other okay. people, it it could be a problem. They so, just power through know. everything and they don't need the breaks. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. So let's hear one of your age-old questions here, Derek. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Carl, my age-old question is simply at what line or, or where do you draw the line uh, as far as sacrificing you know weight for comfort comfortability on your trip like what are things you're going to sacrifice okay so you're saying like if i'm trying to go ultra light what am i saying yeah like i'll go ultra light except for some of these things because we've already established that you will just at some point bring no food and mooch off all of us you know right so that's not one of the items right right okay so what so 
Yeah, I guess I can come up with a couple items. Uh, the one that we've talked about recently with our sleep episode was the pillow. So I'm willing to bring whatever pillow makes me sleep better. And in terms of just overall comfort, I think that I think I'm kind of addicted to some sort of a chair setup at this point. And so really? I bring, yeah, I'm bringing my chair kit with my thermo rest and yeah, yeah, enjoying some camp. I, I know some people bring the you know the backpacking chairs, or some people just don't. And they just sit on their bear canister or stump, mm. and that's totally fine. I don't know if it's because I'm just getting older and softer, but yeah. I'm gonna go pillow Pop-pop. and and chair. What do you think about okay. that? Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes, I mean, that's a decent line, Carl. I think I think if you're telling the backpacking world, though, that you are going to bring whatever pillow works the best, I mean, as a true backpacker, as a true lightweightian, if that's a word, uh, I mean, wouldn't you, now I know that you bring a, a lightweightian, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> I know that you bring, like, a rain jacket, so couldn't you technically just fold that up into a pillow and not? bring a pillow that weighs four ounces to five ounces yeah you can definitely do that and we've talked about why that's a bad idea in the previous episodes and we're not gonna go down that road again <laughs> is, is that all you so got to make sure i thought no, you no, were no, gonna have like sure an extra you're... comfort item that maybe I'm, I'm not thinking of that is worth it oh well there's clearly more comfort items um but i'm just i want to make sure that you're continuous with all of your answers <laughs> over these episodes that's that's number one number two uh I, I i've said this before like i kind of agree sadly with the the inflatable chair uh situation you got because okay. i'm all about dual purposed items and that is a good dual purposed item so i can't i want to mock it Okay. But I can't. I can't really mind because that's something I would do if I didn't love the chair that I have. Gotcha. But that's me. Sounds like you are accepting the counsel on this one. And well, I mean, agree. I'm shaky on the pillow, but okay. I'm solid on the chair. Gotcha. So I'll give you the chair. Next question. So this is, I guess, more of like a scenario type of question. But this is this is one we've actually dealt with quite a bit, and I bet a lot of people have as well. So we are like part way through our day and we come across the best camp spot mm. and it's just awesome but we're just part yeah. way through our day so do we stop yeah or do yeah. we just continue on with our day hitting the appropriate mileage but then risking not getting the best site mm. always a conundrum always a conundrum right. if, if only Age old question if only you could just whip out that gps satellite techie thing that you know you shouldn't bring right, uh, and just know ahead of time but um i think what's the gps gonna tell you i, I don't really maybe i don't know maybe nothing who knows but okay. as you know when you are on the trail you see things that you probably would not see on techie stuff so uh you know i think it depending on what time of day it is if it's like before noon or lunch timey ish, I think I'm more of a. Pro- <laughs> I'm a, I'm just creating words today, by the way. Lunch timey ish. I know. We're gonna keep that one. Okay. Uh, I think I'm more of a, a fan of just taking a long lunch break, jumping the lake, goofing okay. around for a little bit, and then trying to finish the miles. Um, but again, if it's like three or four, that's when it's that's when it seems like it's really tough for me. Because if it's like three or four, and we got like four more miles. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't really know. I think um, it really depends on the time of day. I think it it's it's gonna come down to group decision and what the group 
really wants to do and how difficult are the miles ahead. If it's a bunch right. of uphill, maybe you pound out a few more. If it's going to be flat the next day, then I say, let's stay, camp, and just double time it tomorrow or get an earlier start maybe. Okay. So you say it just kind of depends upon the situation, depends upon what's coming up. Yeah, I think um, you have to adjust your morning start time or you have to adjust your lunch break time or you have to adjust your um, how how late you want to hike. Are the, is the group willing to hike in the dark for a little bit or dusk? I don't right. know. So, and that's where good communication comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like your idea about taking a longer lunch to kind of soak it in a little bit. Uh, I would I would buy into that because, as you know, for me, like we are gonna make the miles. We have like, it's yet to not make the miles. But I know you didn't so, like that trip where we took like a two hour lunch break. I know that bothered you. Yeah. So um, you know, two, or two hours is a long time for a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> I gingerly, no, I, I, I gingerly made that suggestion, but I think you know. If it's early enough in the day and you can just take a good hour yeah. and do that, then like we did that I, I, uh, we did it last year, you know? And right. uh, I think you, it's a good compromise. And yeah. um, and I think we take that that length of time sometimes even when it's not a nice you know <laughs> so scenic true. view. It's, that's so it's just true. people being lazy. So that that's is fine. probably more the case often than not. But it's okay. uh, you know, it's it is important to I think, you know, really enjoy where you are and appreciate where you are if you have a really a really beautiful spot. Um, as long as you can manage your time appropriately. That's why I think it's good to hike a little bit fewer miles. You know, I like doing like the eight to 10 mile days and then that way you have time to do, you know, weird stuff like that. If that comes up or whatever. So, all right, let's, so what's, what's your age old question then? All right, Carl, my age old question is a, what do you do question? Uh, let's say it's, let's say it's like two o'clock ish in the afternoon. You've had a good day. Um, but lo and behold, those storm clouds are approaching and you realize, oh my gosh, we still have to go up and over this ridge. And, uh, I have to decide, am I going to hunker down away for the storm to pass or am I going to plow through and be a champion? I think the irresponsible side of me is always going to be going for it. Like always going to be risking it unless I can see like the lightning is coming Mm, and, I think different parts of the United States, it's kind of like easier or harder to, to read the weather. And I feel like I'm a pretty good about reading the weather more in the Sierras and in kind of the Pacific Northwest. If we're talking like the Rockies, like I, I guess wrong every time. So yeah. I would err on the side of just going for it. <laughs> I want to say safety, but really I just go for it most of the time. And if it looks like it's going to get scary, then I just kind of take shelter, kind of shelter in place, I guess. But really if, yeah, if you, like a storm's coming and you are going to stop where you are and then you're going to wait, you're waiting before the storm comes and you're waiting through the storm and who knows how that, how long that's going to go. And if you're trying to hit a certain spot by the end of the day, like that might not happen. That's true. That's and true. So I guess I'm I guess I'm foregoing safety a little bit. I don't know that I would advise that. I think the safe play is just to always take shelter when you just you know. I mean, when you're yeah. At least bit and concerned. I think uh, you know I want to say poppycock a little bit to that only because you know when we had the storm this past year, you know you right you got cold, buddy, and I got worried about you, and yeah. so then I'm thinking like, well, did I keep going or did well, I stop? I think 
thanks to my life coaching and encouragement, you did keep going. And that right. was good. But uh, I think, you know, there were times where I'm like, maybe Carl should have just hunkered down for like a good hour and just waited it out. Right. But, you know, you surprised me, and I was proud of you. So I I, I think I'm in that boat okay. of plowing through if possible. Um, if the lightning's just out of control and it's maybe super windy, we, we had all that going on, right. and we still decided to plow through. I think it was, it was, I'm trying to remember what time of day it was. I want to say, I don't even know. It was around the two same, or three, same time, yeah. two o'clock. Yeah, I think that if you're talking about going over, like, up over a mountain pass or hitting a mountain peak, especially if you're talking about, like, in Colorado climbing some of the 14ers, mm. then at that point... That's different. Like, there's proto- there's protocols involved with that sort of stuff, and you're and you're trying to get out early so you're not going to get stuck up there at that time right. of day. So I'm not talking along those We're talking just course. a ridge. A, so, a mountain, yeah. definitely different. I think that's, that's going to be a big... Yeah. I have a feeling, though, like, whereas people might have been pretty much in agreement with the uh, the whole Nalgene bottle thing, I think they're cringing at my answer for this one. And, I don't think, and I don't, um, I feel like nobody agrees with you on Nalgene, but that's just me. Yeah. But, so, so, okay, so this is just, this is just a, I don't know, throw rocks at Carl. It might be, that's fine. it might be. I think, uh, you know, it's a little pie in your face, you know, because I think. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some weaknesses and some things I'm not as concerned about as I probably should be. I'll well, be I, I think if, it, if, you're, if you are talking a ridge, though. I mean, I think if you're, if you've been through that, like, you know, like how many storms have we gone through, like on top of a mountain pass and a lot. A lot. Like, so I think in yeah. our minds, we're like, ah, we'll make it through. We'll, we'll be fine. But, you know, I guess that's one right. of those things. Like if it's your first time out there and you've, you're by yourself or with a, an, another newbie, which might be crazy in itself, um, maybe you should right. stop. Yeah. I think, it's def- I mean, all, all this stuff's really situational, but. You're asking me, and I'm telling you what I'm going to do. So you know there you what? go. Uh, I guess I'll join you. Yeah. It says in the Bible verse, in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I don't know if that really qualifies for this one. Okay. Saying. Your third one. So Okay. Oh, Number three. Right. Uh, next next age-old question for you, Derek. Yep. Your filter has stopped working. Like it's jammed. You broke the handle off. Who knows? You, know, you get pretty aggressive with your filter. Mm. So, And you're in the middle of the backpacking trip. So you can simply just drink from the source, <laughs> or yeah. anytime you need water, you can stop and boil it. Okay, you're asking me. So what do you do? Drink from the source or boil it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess my first question would be: Am I? Where am I? Am I down low? Am I next to a stream, or am I by a lake? Uh, as we know, a lot of streams, uh, you know, that's that Giardi is just all over the place. It could be anywhere. It's moving around. Whereas okay. a lake, it might be settling more. So, um, you know, that mountain water. So I think it depends what I'm next to. The lake is the, is the yeah, is the, is the dirtier of the water, by the well, way. Well, lake, okay. So what I'm referring to is like, if you are normally yes, lake bog gross. Uh, I'm thinking more if I'm like on. <laughs> bog. <laughs> hey, I'm thinking of gravel. I'm thinking of a uh, gravel pit. That was okay. just, that was a bomb. That was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know him, right? but uh, I think uh, you know if you're up higher, obviously it's a little cleaner. But um, I do I just do it like a natural filter? I think I might just have to go okay, natural let me, filter. Let me change the question. Maybe it's not a very good what question. Do you, what do you want me to say? So let's just. So under what circumstances are you going to be drinking from the source? Mm. 
And risking Giardi. And then under what circumstances are you going to be just having to boil it? Or, or yeah, I guess, okay. or, or you know, always be boiling it, or you're always going to be drinking from the source. Okay, well, I mean, if I have plenty of fuel, I'm going to boil. I think that would be the okay. smartest, you know, situation. If I'm, you know, if I, like, am stranded on a solo hike and I ran out of fuel and, you know, I got to have some water... Um, well, yeah, you know, I think at that point, then yeah, at some point you're going to have to drink from the source and, and risk a little bit. Uh, can I try to manually filter bear griddle style through like, you know, a side filter and through the mud and the dirt and maybe do that? I think, I mean, that's, I don't know, you could try that. I don't think that would hurt, but I think at some point, um, you do have to risk a little bit more the further you go. Obviously I think that's expected if you're all of your equipment's failing or whatever so i don't know what, what, what are you gonna do carl I'm, I'm going boiling like last resort because it takes too much time it takes time and then also like it's hot water at that point and it surprisingly it takes is. a long time to cool down which is not very satisfying especially on a warm day True. and so if i can get something from like a high mountain stream kind of like what you mentioned or like um if it looks like it's coming from snow melt or if it's coming off the sure. rock yeah. then that's I'm ideal just gonna, yeah yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna dip in as much as possible. Now, if it's now, a little line, a like you mentioned, or if it's in, if it's in some sort of a bog, obviously, then yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, are you gonna try to filter somehow, or just drink from the source if you're down? Like, what I'm if just, you're like my down low? I'd, I'd be boiling. I yeah, I'd be boiling. So you're but not drinking from surpri- the river. I, you'd be surprised. I mean, my hope is we don't have that issue, but like. There's been a lot of times when the filter has not worked for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or somebody brings one and it's jammed up. And they haven't, t- you know, maintained it or whatever. So, right, this is not that out of the realm of possibility. It could happen. Definitely could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Okay. True. Final uh, question. Um, Here we go. Let's do one more each. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So my age-old question uh, that many people will ask is: Would you prefer a canister stove? Or would you prefer a liquid gas stove? Like, which stove is better, I think is what you're asking, right? Yeah, which which one is better? Okay. And I think that we have already hashed out the uh, advantages and disadvantages of the alcohol stove, which is obviously like a liquid mm. gas-based stove, which is kind of which is super lightweight, but uses quite a bit of fuel and takes a long time to heat things up. So I think, I think the best of all worlds in an environment where it's not too cold is the canister stove. I think those stoves are super lightweight, the canisters are pretty fuel efficient. There are some drawbacks when you have like a half filled canister, of course. But right. I just think overall, like they're the, the the lightest weight system that you can bring, and mm. they're pretty dependable too. Yeah, for the most part, right? So but yeah, I've never. Well, I, I think I haven't had a problem too much with the stoves themselves in general. Yeah, I, there's there's definitely some reasons to have like a like a liquid like a white gas stove. Um, especially if you're traveling internationally and some of those stoves can take like any kind of fuel. And so it, it allows you to have a lot of flexibility, but for mm, your traditional yeah. backpacking trip, I think I'm going canister stove. What do you think about that? I think, yeah, I definitely lean toward the canister stove. I think it's just convenient. It's lighter. It's easy. I I don't know. I'm all about convenience okay. and easy, especially when you're out there. Cause you want to, you don't want to like worry about all your gear and have extra weight and blah, blah, right. blah. So I'm, I'm right. more on that boat too. Okay. This is my last age-old question for you, Derek, and this is one yep. that, like, I just, we just really need your wisdom on this, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be ridiculous, I can already tell. It's not ridiculous. This is a legit question. Okay, here we go. 
All right. So do you... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's assume that you're in charge of the trip here, okay? Okay. Do you bring the ridiculously heavy bear canisters... Oh, gosh. ...or intentionally leave them behind and violate the rules? Well, Carl, I am a, you know... I'm all I'm all about like trying to go lighter, as you know. Okay. I I have that hatred of bear canisters. Uh, right. I think, especially witnessing you get red flagged, uh, you know, <laughs> was a was a learning experience for me. You know, as as what not to do. So as much as I hate, okay, first here's what I do. I'd make sure that they can. I bring an ursac first of all. If I can't right, bring yeah, my not, ursac. Not yet. If I can't bring my sack, I hate to say, yeah, I'd probably, in today's world, bite the bullet and bring the stinking canister, even though I hate it, and I would, I'd probably be bitter for a portion of the trip, but I'd probably okay. just shove it in there. And so you're gonna suck it. Maybe up and I could bring the bear canister. Maybe I could convince some of the other guys to like rotate carrying it. You know, like I'll yep. carry it a day, you carry it a day, something like that. Yeah, we do have a guy on our trip who's like, I will carry. Any group gear, like you can give me as much as you want, just please not the bear canister. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> well, carry the other stuff. So, anyway, um, okay, I, I sort of agree with your answer. Okay, Why is that? I'm willing to bring the bear canisters as well. Am I willing to bring enough to go around? Mm. Mm, that's another question. That's debatable. Yeah, what's enough to go around? You know, I'm like one because if you're not bringing food, do I need one for everybody? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Touche. Well, I mean, like, think about if we were talking to the ranger, right? The girl, and and I and she's like, "Well, you have five guys here, so you need five canisters." I'm like, "Well, hold on to there, that Sally, or what was her name again? I forgot her name." Um. Uh, anyway, Ranger Annie. Let's just Annie. Let's. I say yeah. I would say, hold up, Annie. We got a guy here who's such a mooch that he didn't even bring any food. <laughs> so if that be the case, Annie, Annie Crockett, do I only need four? Yeah. And then I'd probably get written up for that because it's so preposterous. Like, who right. goes on a trip without bringing food? So, for sure. Um, we're gambling either think, way, Carl, with you on the trip. Yeah, I think I need to call her up and, and just ask her some of these questions just and include that in, in a future podcast. So I feel like she'd give you some legit, what if we could interview her on a podcast? You I know, think we should just, try. That would be amazing. All right. And stay, like, stay tuned, folks. Yeah. We'll try that. Stay tuned. We're going to try to track her down. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she was really nice. And I'll just, you know, we'll just ask. She's a solid, solid ranger, no doubt. I think it's time to hear from Knowlton, who's going to, um, I guess, challenge us in our backpacking bylaws. So here's, right here's his response. Hey, Carl and Derek. This is Knowlton. I'm calling from Kathmandu. And I wanted to leave a comment about where you are talking about leaving guys behind and what are the bylaws for that. Well, I recently did the Annapurna circuit, which is, you know, going over Thorong Law Pass. It's about like 18,000 feet or so. And we had two guys that came over. And um, like about two days from the pass, one of them was experiencing like severe like acid reflux challenges and we uh, he he came one morning and said like hey I don't think I can go on 
And so we were, it was kind of one of those situations where you've got this epic trip and it's all mapped out, but then what do you do when somebody can't go on? And that's very common in that area too, because of altitude sickness. So it actually turned out really well. We had kind of planned ahead, like somebody might be feeling it. So we had two Nepali guides and one porter. And one of the guys I volunteered to go back to, and um but another guy also volunteered said the guy he came over with and it turned out really well like they um they went back they had some more time in one of the villages and and were able to kind of make them the best of it um as they kind of descended the same way that we'd come up and then the uh, four of us um the other part of the group made the pass and then we got to reconnect later but you know it wasn't it wasn't um you know a trip ruiner for everybody but we kind of knew ahead of time that we'd have enough people to go back if somebody needed to go back and um, and somebody did volunteer to go with go with them, which was really a sacrifice because you didn't get to do the pass. But but I think having that as a set priority ahead of time that and they talked about like, hey, if you if one of us gets sick, we'll I'll go back. We'll go back with each other and and uh, kind of you know to divide the fellowship, but still not break the fellowship was kind of the idea. So anyway, real life story. Derek asked for it, so there it was. Hopefully that's enjoyable for you guys. Thanks for your podcast. Love it. So thanks, Nolton, for sharing that. It's awesome you got a chance to go to a pretty remote part of the world, and it sounds like you had an awesome time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You It sounded like you kind of got a little accusatory with us like leaving people behind. <laughs> like I don't think we ever had that in our bylaws where we're just going to be like, yeah, we're just going to leave you. Like We're going to abandon you. Um, we did talk about yeah, kind of being responsible for people and possibly escorting them back to the trailhead if they, you know, if they encounter some issues, which it sounds like you're doing. But... I think you brought up an interesting point that we did not address that dealt with just, you know, elevation gain or just altitude in general. So Derek, what do you think True. about that with True. kind of like, you know, you can't really plan for, for how people are going to respond to, to, you know, high elevation. True. Oh, uh, well, I, at first I just want to say Nolan, uh, you know, I know Carl probably got his feelings hurt and he took this personally. I did not. <laughs> uh, so just note, note that. Um, no, anyway, I'm just kidding. So I, I think, I think, yeah, I think when we're in lower elevation, um, my, my response more leaned toward, you know, how many people are, are, are in your group? If you do have a small group of, like, three or four, then, then yeah, I think you should probably stick together. But if, you know, you had a larger group of, like, eight or nine, could it be safe and okay to split up? I think so. Um, only because of only because of the bear rule, you know? Nobody's been attacked with four more in a group. Uh, so... Are you talking about uh, that, like where Knowlton was, where he's in Nepal, like well, getting no, attacked no, by just, bears? Well, there's bears over there, right? Aren't there bears over there? Or do they have like snow I don't, I don't know the wildlife. I know that there's Yeti over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So right. snow leopards. I know they have snow leopards at right. some point over there. Um, <laughs> what am I saying? I'm all over the place. The altitude <laughs> affecting me from here. Uh, no, I think that if you are in an altitude area i think yes you should definitely plan for that i think that is a different type of trip and you should definitely have a contingency plan because that's insane but um especially where you are but if you're down lower where we are i mean it's it's it is hard like i didn't i had no like well like look at me like i've been on like what 12 trips or whatever with no problem of altitude and then just a right. year or two ago, like, boom, it hit me. And I was like, I've been higher than this. Like, why am I feeling so weird right now? Right. So how do you plan for that? It's really hard, you know? I think, and I think that's his point is like, it's, it's, you, you have to plan for that and assume that maybe somebody's going to struggle with that, but not just because you're going up as high as he is. Like, I think if you're going up over 8,000 feet and you're talking mm. about bring people from, 
sea level, especially, you know, with various fitness levels, like you just have to account for some potential problems there. And the higher you go, the, you know, the higher the likelihood that people are going to struggle with that. And that's, that's just kind of part of the deal. So I think that, yeah, having kind of getting back to our episode terminology, like having grace in that regard, I think is wise. And also planning for that is very wise because yeah, like, I mean, there can be, like you said, like you're, you're pretty fit and you still struggle with that. So you just never know how you're going to react. Right. You know, but I think, and knowing your group too, that's where that really comes in handy. Cause I know most all of us on our group are not people who like to just like quit. Um, and I right. felt like garbage, but I'm like, I have to just, today I have to shut it down. I can't socialize. Right. I got to go sleep. I got to drink water. I got to go into like, let's get better right now mode. You know, cause I know that if I don't, put attention to that it can be not fun later so right. yeah i was bummed i couldn't hang out but um i think you know if you have a group that knows each other and they know what they're capable of i think that's huge but it gets trickier obviously when you have like new guys and which and i think is like what that. he was referring to is yeah you're and a lot of times you are bringing different folks that you don't kind of know yeah. the capabilities or, or whatever so yeah i just, just kind of accounting for that i think i think that was a good point by him i think mm. it was wise but Again, we're not leaving people on the trail, so stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. If there's a right. Yeti, then, yeah, it's safer because you're together. I yeah. mean, assuming those are real. Because there's no right. trees up there to sleep in. You know, they don't have nests and trees in the Himalayas, do they? <laughs> I mean, so we, we got to well, have an episode about that. So, well, Yeah, future episode for sure. Yeah. Is this the last f- feedback we're getting about the backpacking bylaws? I feel like we're that was like a kind of a I'm hot sure there's button. More episode i, th- sure I think more. this is what we're all climb. about though carl is pushing yeah. the buttons you know in, right. in a loving way just yep. stir stir up the passions in the people That's i think we going. might have unintentionally done that too with some of our talk about how we handle storms so hey we'll probably get some know. feedback on that too all right maybe yeah okay so it is time for trivia fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Derek, it's your turn for trivia. What you got? Uh, yeah, so I have three questions okay. for you. These are age-old, um, either you know, myths or questions that people <laughs> have had, or you know, things like that. And and I just want to see what your feedback is on on these situations. This, are these like so, objective answers, or this is just like I give an answer and you just judge whether it's like good or not? I'm gonna probably judge you either way, but okay. you, you know, I think you can give a pretty objective answer on these. So, okay. Uh, question number one. Um, you know, okay. So question one was, there was an old guy who, who had this theory, uh, and, and they, he said that to, in order to prevent blisters from happening, one thing, one thing you can do is rub alcohol on your skin to mm. reduce the blisters. Is right. this something that you would try or do you think it would work if, you know, what, what's your thought on that? Like Does that sound ridiculous? Rub- like rub, rubbing alcohol, like that kind of alcohol. Yeah, rubbing alcohol or like yeah. wine. I mean, if you if you had like alcohol, alcohol for some reason, I mean, I guess that yeah. would work too. But rubbing okay. alcohol is more, I think, what they're going for. I think I've heard of this, but I'm not willing to try it because that's going to dry out your skin, which could potentially cause like more friction. And I'm more mm-hmm. buying to like, you know, putting some lubrication on your skin whether it's like body glide or vaseline or something like that so i think that's like the opposite of what you're suggesting so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no on that one i I think Mm. that's i don't know if that's an age-old question but i have heard that one before so the theory goes you know that rubbing the alcohol dries out your skin and it would encourage tougher skin and therefore reduce the blistering okay um but i think you know it's I think some people would say, yeah, it worked for me. And other people would say, like, eh, it didn't really do anything for me. Okay. Um, some people were saying it would take a couple of weeks of daily application to prep your skin. So I think, yeah, if you're talking about, if you're talking about like preparation before backpacking trip, I can sort of see, I, don't, I still wouldn't do it. But like, I know people that have like, they, they'll take their dog for a walk barefoot, like, you know, on the sidewalk yeah. or on the, the gravelly yeah. road just to toughen up their feet. But again, it's like if I. I don't know, like if I have socks, you know, is that is that going to be better than if I'm, like some people we know, bring sandals or, or maybe they go barefoot partially? Um, maybe that would be more beneficial to try the alcohol thing? I don't know. Okay. But not something I'm going to try for sure. Um, okay. All right. Interesting one. I'm going to give you like, like that a third a third point on that. <laughs> <Okay>. Question. <laughs> question two. Uh, is it safe to drink snow melt or no? Like obviously not the yellow snow, right? Well, clearly. And and when is is it is it safe to drink? And when is it maybe not? I don't know. Like, is it? Okay. Tell tell me about snow melt. Like, what's snow do I drink melt. it, Carl? I'm out there. What do I do? This is a good one too. This is interesting. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. I mean, I already talked about in this episode that I would drink like legit snow melt, especially if it's like coming. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of fil- filtering itself out, coming off the rock, that kind of thing. If you're talking about yeah. like. We're now in the middle of summer and we're coming across a snowfield where the snow's kind of mixed in with some dirt and looks brown and who knows what animals have been kind of all over it, then yeah, I wouldn't have that. Right. But right. if you're talking about like relatively fresh snow melt, like, you know, late spring, early summer, and mm. or just it's coming down from kind of higher elevations, go for right. it. 
Yeah, and that's and the science kind of behind that is good job, dude. I'll give you like ninety nine percent on that. Okay. The good the the science behind it is you know if you are uh, in a kind of off the footpath or, or away from traffic areas and you have snow, clean white snow <laughs> that's good to drink um, because the pathogens cannot survive in that. Um, and I think when you start getting closer to the trail, uh, closer to you know. Maybe where animals are hanging out regularly, uh, you're going to have a lot more, you know, pollutants in that. Right. So it can get a little sketchier. So yeah, uh, definitely, definitely then, off the trail for sure. Yeah, definitely off the trail. So yeah. if you if you're you know if you see snow like 20 feet off the trail and it's like ooh it's really white, right. um, maybe it's you know not the best. Maybe you should go a little further up and right. get away from where people might hang out. So. All right, nice job, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think you really got to watch with the kids, too, because, like, kids, like, they see the snow, and they, at least my yeah. son, like, he's just going to, like, before I even know it, he's got, like, a mouthful of it, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, what if I'm, I find, like, we had a, we've had a few trips where, like, oh, hey, there's an outhouse over there, but, oh, hey, there's snow, like, you know, 20 feet up, 20 feet to the side. <laughs> like, do I really want to, Dripping. do I want to risk that? <laughs> I don't know if Ranger Bob ever dumped any poop or pee buckets over there or not. I'm not really sure, so... Do I take that chance? That's a gamble. <laughs> Just an FYI. So, all right. Nice job, dude. Okay. Nice job. Oh uh, okay, number three. You run out of water on a long, hot day hike. Just on a day mm-hmm. hike, buddy. You find a full water bottle, trailside, and you okay. also find a clear running stream. Drink Ooh. from the stream or drink from the bottle or just abstain. What do you do? You're talking about like, it's not like a... It's just like a regular water bottle, like a screw on top. It's not like an uncracked crystal geyser kind of thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) You wish. Now let's say let's say it's a let's say it's like a you know like a purple Nalgene bottle, fully, yeah, full, Um, fully full. Is that a thing? Uh, Do you drink from the stream or drink from some rando dude or lady's bottle, or do you just abstain from both? Let me ask you this question: What? Because people yeah. that are like into their analogies typically put like weird stickers on them. So what kind yeah. of stickers is on the purple analogy bottle? <laughs> <laughs> you have a sticker on there that is a Greenpeace sticker, but then you also okay. have a sticker on there that says, I love bear boxes. <laughs> <laughs> bottle, stream, or none. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm debating, like, do I go with what I'd really do or what I think you want me to say that's right? And I think I, think I got to <laughs> be honest get- here. <laughs> Do what you would do. You're out there. What, what I'd really do? do is I'd probably just like guzzle the water bottle and then <laughs> fill it up in the stream. <laughs> well, you refill it up in the stream and then like, the guy's going to get Giardia because you were thirsty? You're not going to even... No, no, no. I'm going to refill it and I'm going to take it with me and keep, keep drinking out of it. You're going to steal somebody's bottle. Okay. Just it was it. left behind. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up litter. <sighs> you're, so you're doing everybody a favor is what you're saying. Okay. Correct. Uh, okay. Well... I guess that's one option. Um, I mean, if you're feeling weak from thirst, a drink might be worth the risk. You might get some, uh, you know, some oral germs. Um, but <laughs> okay. if, you're, if you're willing to risk sure. that, I mean, uh, you know, it's probably disinfected water because people aren't using it to just walk around with like Giardia water in their water bottle. You know, if you can handle some nasty oral germs, it might be better to go for the bottle. But next okay. time, Carl, you need to pack more water. Okay. I'll do a better job next time. I promise. Get a better and get a bigger bladder. I'm not a germaphobe, so I, I feel like that's just what I'd probably do. To be honest, I know germaphobes would be 
freaked out about that. Germophobes have a hard time. My eyes were open to some of the germs, like some of those bathroom theories. I won't get into that, but because we don't talk about toilets. And yeah, no, you stuff. you do a good job about you know relating as much of the topics <laughs> to bathroom stuff. Like you already talked about the outhouse, and then this is not bathroom related at all, and somehow you bring up bathroom again. So. <laughs> I find a way because we all do it, you know. And I think your first question involved the word bladder. Am I not? I am correct. That's right. So it did involve that's that's a the good pot point. calling the kettle black. Anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the B and B podcast. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for playing along. Um, we have about one more week, guys, to get those MP3 and sound bites in. Uh, be creative, have some fun with it, and then we will probably be announcing the winner in a week or two, and we'll let you know who's going to be co-hosting with us. Shoot us a review, five stars on the Apple and Google Play. We'd appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks again. Ride out. Blisters on your feet or not. And and uh, one more thing, guys. It certainly isn't backpacking, as you know, unless there's two to 20 blisters along the way. Take care. I want to fly. Yeah, there's one more thing I think that, uh, I mean, if you're going to eat snow melt, uh, especially in the Himalayas, at high, let's say you're at high altitude, a little known fact, I don't know if Knowlton knew this, I don't know if Carl knew this, but your body changes and uh, you can therefore eat something called Yeti snow. It's a, uh, it's a light brown slash furry snow, uh, but it does wonders for the body and provides quite a bit of protein. So don't... Be alarmed if you come across furry brown, light brown, Yeti snow. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.